Our guest today has been living in Alaska for over 20 years. He is a three-time Yukon Quest champion and an Iditarod veteran. His highest finish in Iditarod is fourth place. Please welcome to the show, Brent Sass. And go. Hello, Brent, and welcome to the show. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to Alaska? Yeah, well, um, I'm from Minnesota originally. I grew up there. I graduated in 1998. Had a lifelong dream of, of moving to Alaska, and I made that come true. I went and uh, came to the University of Alaska Fairbanks, uh, here in Fairbanks, Alaska. And from there, I, I fell in love with Alaska and uh, got my first sled dogs. And, and one day I was out on the trail and I saw a dog team go by at my feet and just decided that a light switch kind of went off in my head and just decided this is exactly what I wanted to do and started building my own dog team and got a chance to work with some really good mushers. Uh, Susan Butcher and David Monson kind of were some mentors I had and grew my dog team and started racing and doing adventure uh, races with the dogs. And, and uh, one thing led to another. I have uh, 60 sled dogs and I live in Eureka, Alaska now. I run the Yukon Quest and the Iditarod every year. I've won the Yukon Quest three times, and uh, we're gearing up to do here my sixth Iditarod. All right, we are less than one week away from race day. What are you currently doing to get ready? So, uh, well, today I'm going on one of my last training, one of my last training run here in, in Eureka at home, and I'm just kind of getting all my gear and supplies for my sled together. Um, you know, our, our food drops, all the gear and supplies that we send out on the trail were due a couple weeks ago. So it's really nice to have all that stuff is already gone. So now I'm basically just focusing on everything that's in my sled, making sure that I have all the mandatory gear and all the odds and ends that I need to, to get down the trail uh, for my sled. And then just uh, doing the last little training runs here. We got two, two more runs and then we'll head down to Anchorage for, for the start of that dinner run. A lot of pre-race activities that normally happen race week aren't happening this year due to COVID. What are your thoughts on that? Are you going to miss them, or will it help you relax prior to the race a little more? Um, it's a little bit of a, a mixed, mixed feeling, Donna. You know, I mean, the, all those events and everything are really awesome for the sport and for the fans and, and for, for us, too, you know, to all get together, you know, as much as, especially for myself, living in a remote place, I don't really see anybody all season long, so... The, those those pre-race uh, festivities are, are fun, but yeah, on the other side of that, it will be nice just to focus on me and my dogs and my team and not having to, to go to all that and, and have just sort of the extra stress of all those events. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. I think, you know, I obviously would much rather be doing it because I'd much rather not have all of the, the COVID stuff going on, but, um, but we're just going to make the best of it. Are they having a meeting with all the mushers like normal? Uh, the meeting is going to be a Zoom meeting, uh, so we're going to be, it's going to be all online. Um, they have to have the meeting to, to give us all the, the, the uh, you know, the current updates on the trail and, and all of the different rules and stuff for this year, um, but it's going to be a Zoom meeting, so, so very different than normal. Another big change this year is the route. What effect do you think this will have on the mushers? I think it, well, more than anything, I think it kind of levels the playing field. Um, for guys like myself who've only run five other Iditarods, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, I don't have a set schedule. I don't have a proven 
um, you know, schedule that works definitely for me. So I'm sort of still trying new things out. And all those guys that just have a real set way of doing it, they've been doing it for 20 years, they have to kind of really reset. And it's a, it's a level of the playing field for everybody. So I think it's just a brand new uh, course and a brand new strategy that is going to be put in place. And, and nobody really knows what's going to happen. So uh, I think it's pretty exciting overall. Did you train differently this year when you found out the route had changed? Not really. No, my, my training has been kind of different all around this year. Um, you know, set aside the different route just because there's no Yukon Quest. And I've never run an Iditarod without running a, a full thousand mile Yukon Quest uh, just a couple weeks before. So my training has been different all season. And then uh, I also had this injury um, about six weeks ago where I broke my collarbone and dislocated my shoulder. And so my training has kind of been been much different this season uh, all around. And so I still have lots of confidence in the dogs in, in our training, but it's definitely very different this year. What do you think it will be like when you turn around and head into other mushers? That will be interesting. You know, I think, you know, especially for my team, we don't see a lot of other dog teams, and so we don't do a ton of passing out on the trails throughout the season just because there isn't really – there's just another one other dog team out here this year, so I did get a little bit of a training passing. But you know, my dog team is really well trained, and they're uh, they're all mostly veteran dogs. So I think more than anything, it might just get them excited. Um, might just you know, see another team, might just get them get them more excited and, and get a little burst of speed out of them. So we'll see. Uh, that's yet to be seen. We've never we've never really had we've never had head-on passes in the Iditarod. Like you said, not too long ago, you had an accident that required surgery. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, so I had a, a really bad crash. I, I uh, was um, was crossing some railroad track. I, I, um, I, you know, it's a long story, but I basically, uh, when I hit the railroad tracks, my runners went out from underneath me, and I had 14 that were just pulled hard as they could, and I went flying in the air basically behind my but I was still okay. Not too long ago, you had an accident that required surgery. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, so um, with dog munching, you realize that anything can happen at any time. And uh, I had a real bad crash with the dogs. Uh, I was on a big training run, and we're just crossing some railroad tracks. And uh, I lost my footing, and the dogs, I had 14 dogs, and they were, they were, they were pulling real hard. And I ended up going airborne and uh, kind of Superman behind the sled and uh, crashed right into the ground and, and ended up breaking my collarbone and uh, dislocating my shoulder. And uh, I've had a pretty harrowing uh, ride. I still had to go eight miles uh, back to uh, my cabin that I was going to. So it was, uh, it was a pretty crazy and scary event. Um, but luckily, I made it back home safe, and uh, the dogs were all in good condition. And then uh, I immediately... I had to go to the hospital and uh, get my shoulder put back in place. And then uh, a couple days later, I had surgery. had a uh, steel plate or a titanium plate put into my collarbone and my shoulder and seven screws to put it all back together. And um, did, did uh, nothing for two and a half weeks, three weeks, and uh, have been able to rehab it back. And it's feeling pretty good now. Since you were recovering from the injury, how did you keep your dogs in shape? 
So I was able, I'm really fortunate to have really awesome handlers. Um, we have all mushers that have handlers that help train the dogs throughout the year. Usually they're running young dogs and, and puppies and stuff, but my handlers stepped it up this year and uh, they took over running the race team. Just short miles every other day, just to keep them moving, um, to keep their conditioning up. And I was able to kind of coach from afar and watch. I had to watch. It was one of the hardest things I've had to do is watch other people run my dogs. But they did an excellent job and, and were able to keep the dogs moving um, well enough to where I could get back on the sled and, and get back to training them. Do you feel ready and prepared? Yeah, I do. You know, this year has been much different than years past because I'm, uh, I haven't run the Yukon Quest right before the race. And then because of this injury, the dogs have a lot less miles. But... I still feel real confident in our training. I got a real good early season training, so um, I, I feel really prepared, actually. And, and I'm, me and the dogs are both fresher than we've ever been leading into an Iditarod, so I feel like uh, I feel very confident. What do you hope to accomplish this year in the race? Well, our ultimate goal is to win. Um, there's no doubt about that. But I mean, the the, the, the smaller goals are to, to just focus on my own dog team and, and have a real successful race. Try and finish with as many dogs as I can. That's always the goal: is to take care of your team the best you possibly can, and not get caught up in the competition. It being a different race course this year, um, it's going to be real important, even more so than ever, is to focus on your team and and, and run the team you have in front of you. But the, the ultimate goal is to be up there uh, fighting for the win. Let's step away from the Iditarod for a minute. You are now a part of the show Life Below Zero. Talk to us about what that experience is like. <laughs> uh, well, it's reality TV. You know, I had a real good time uh, filming with the show. We did it for a season. And, um, you know, my life is crazy, and we have all kinds of things going on out there, so they have lots of stuff to, to follow us along on. And, you know, it, it does cut into your into your into into my time, though, a lot, because you have a, a camera following you around all the time. But I will say that the thing that I got out of the most was the, the film crew, the people out there coming in bed with us during that time were really awesome people. And, and those guys were really fun to work with. And and, um, and they were they worked really well with my schedule and worked around my schedule. And I think we made some pretty decent TV. And uh, it, was, it was a real good experience. I'm only doing it for one season. Um, I don't think that, from, from my point of view, I couldn't give them the time that they needed um, to be able to give them all the stuff that they needed just because I'm so busy in my life with the dogs and, and the survival of my homestead. So I'm only doing it for one season, but, but I had a good time doing it. We have a new segment on our show called Musher Mashup. What we are going to do is give you a major event from history, a sporting event, the number one song of the year, and the Iditarod champion. They all happen in the same year. After we give you all the events, you try to guess the, the year. Make sense? Okay. Yep. The president was Ronald Reagan. Michael Jackson was burned during the filming of a Pepsi commercial. The World Series champion was the Detroit Tigers. The number one song of the year was When Doves Cry by Prince, and the Iditarod champion was Dean Osmond. Do you know the year? Oof. Uh, 1988? Oh, close. It was 1984. 84. All right. Well, not too bad, then. I was only eight years old then. Or four years old, I guess, in 84. So. <laughs> Thank you for, for talking to us today, Brent. Good luck next week. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Have a good time, guys.
Special thanks to our guest, Brent Sass, for being on our show this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please step by iTunes and leave us a review. It helps with our ratings. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or people you would like to hear on the show, email us at huskytalk1 at gmail.com. If we hear from you or you leave a review, we will read it on the show. We would also like to give credit to Hobo Jim for our theme song, the I Did a Ride Trail song. And now enjoy a clip from the number one song of 1984, When Doves Cry by Prince.